0: This is Fernando, and you're listening to Talking Smith.
1: And now, a message from my mom on Mother's Day. I guess what I like is that they're talking honestly about that what they did and what they went through in their life, and maybe it's a false projection, but I don't get a perception that they're low lives. Mm-hmm. And all these people, they, they're all the same. They all, all these kids have a bunch of friends, and all these kids have a bunch of men, and it's almost more like it's, Skateboard board culture or something that brought everybody together and even if you all are different, they stayed in respect and, you know, a lot of good memories and a lot of hard
2: memories between you guys. Just give it the old college turn right yeah? big dogs in. Schmitty, what do you think, Schmitty?
1: 96 times Schmitty. Talking Schmidt He's so fucking busy my pants!
2: let me roll the fucking
1: day. Are you ready? Come on, Swiss. I'm here for Smith. Yay! You got questions? We got questions, you got answers. Alright, check, check, one, two, one, two, Omar, money bump, Larry, Larry, <laughs> Larry check, check, check.
2: You, you, you know where the money bump came from? Uh-uh. Originally. We took the tip, trip to Israel with Preston and uh, Fanner, Andrew Allen, Trujillo. I uh, forget who else was there. I was just rapping, being a idiot like I always am. And then uh, all of a sudden, Tony got this keyboard. He was uh, DJ T-Bird, and then I was like, MC Money Bump. Uh-huh. And then, but that's c- coined by Preston, actually, the MC Money Bump. He was <laughs> no like, way. we got MC Money Bump. So we, we sat in the room, and we made a whole edit. And from that edit from Vans, actually, I'm... Tony's playing the keyboards, and I'm rapping behind it, but you can't tell it's me because it just sounds like an edit, Yeah. but if you go back and listen to that edit, it's actually a whole edit of me just rapping behind it, and it just sounds, it's a horrible song. That's where where it stemmed from, though, is originally from just that trip, and we were all like, uh, that was the first time we ever went to, to Israel, like a lot, I mean, skaters, at that time, it was like a full terrorist warning spot to not to go, and... It was pretty sick, actually, because uh, everyone thought it was going to be gnarly or something. We we're, were swimming in the Dead Sea, just like with beers, just hanging out, like no problems at all. You know, a bunch at of all? derelicts out in Jerusalem. Damn. It was pretty sick. Red. Well, we are uh, in the back
1: of Omar's house. We're sitting poolside, and we're at episode 20. Who better to have? Omar Hassan is on the show, and uh, I'm stoked. Um,. I'm actually a little nervous right now. Why? I don't know. Cause you're like the biggest uh, guest I've had, and you're Josh Borden's favorite skater. Oh
2: my god! <laughs> now I'm scared. Have you're you ever, scaring me that you're scared. <laughs> have you ever listened to any of these podcasts? Yeah, I've listened to some of them. Right on. You know, you're in the intro. Oh, nice. Yeah, there's that, a- the hungry one. The hungry one was pretty good. I listened to that one for a little bit. I love that guy, man. He's the best. He's pure. He's he's just a pure energy dude. I love that dude. Yeah. Um, how many solubles do you go through on average down here? Well, we got this one spot up the street. I used to go every single morning and uh then I started looking at my 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 balance of my credit bill and I was like I was like, holy shit, I was like seriously racking up the book and the funds on that thing, so I kind of chilled out on that a little bit because it's like nine dollars a ball or something every morning, nine dollars a ball for your whole life. I need a budget for. I need a sponsor. Is anyone out there? Is Amazon listening? Yeah, hey, we need <laughs> we need
1: an SI sponsor. We need a good one in SF too. We don't really have them up there that are
2: like like they make them down here.
1: Uh, do you remember what your first board was?
2: Uh, yeah, I actually I had a couple like you know when I was a kid I had the uh, the Alva swap meet board. Where I was just pushing on my knee, but my real. First, like, board that I got was the Orange Caballero Powell with the fluorescent orange. Okay, the one yeah. where I really started, like, learning how to skate. And it had, like, I don't know if you remember, it had pizza grip. They had this stuff called pizza grip. And it was, like, this, like, no. like super thick grip tape that just absolutely ruined your hands. And it was just not – I don't even know if yeah. it was made for skateboarding, but – Lance Mountain or Cab or one of those guys, if I said that to them, they'd be like, oh, yeah, because it was like uh, this really harsh grip tape that was just, like, horrible. It was like a big thing back then. Everyone had it, and it was like uh, hand-me-down from my older brother. He's He got me into skating, and I used to live right down the street from Brad Dorfman's sister, Oh, and he owned Vision Skateboards, but before yeah. that, she did Mad Rats Shorts. Oh, yeah, I remember this. So Mad Rats Shorts was like the lady who owned that did it out of the garage they had the pads in the yeah, side yeah. and uh i uh lived down the street from her and in order she would pay me like you know five bucks an hour when i was a kid or something ridiculous small price but i was and give me a pair of shorts at the end but she would like screen print them and then I'd go hang them out to dry screen print them hang 'em hang out to dry so i kind of got into skating through their family she had a couple uh boys that skated that what age was that that's when I really started getting into it. That's probably when I was around 11 or so, yeah. I mean, you grew up here, right? I grew up in Orange County, Costa Mesa, Newport Beach area. So it was like pretty... It wasn't like foreign for you to start skating down here. No, I mean, uh, Vision was actually right down the street. Yeah, everything. And uh, that's... We used to have this scam, me and Skip Proneer. We used to have this scam where if you broke your board within like a certain amount of time and it was new yeah then you could just go there and return it oh so we would uh skate it for like a week break it and then go return it until they caught on to us and they were like these dudes are just like running the scam right now (laughs) that rules then what was your first sponsor um vision was actually my first like kind of flow uh mark gonzalez started Giving me boards I met him He lived He lived on a boat Brad Dorfman's boat Down here when I first met him Really? Yeah he was staying on the boat I don't know if he actually I, th- I do want to say He lived there Yeah I mean He was there all the time And then I met him down at, at when I got out of the water surfing one day, I was like, This guy, there was this like fight on the beach, these jocks were fighting, uh-huh. and Mark was sitting there watching it with his board, all excited. and I'm all excited because I get out of the water, and it's, you know, it's always good to watch a good fight on the beach. So, <laughs> and I like, Hey man, you skate, whatever, sparked up a little combo with him. And then, next thing you know, we like, Yeah, meet me here at the Lucky's Curbs down at uh in Newport, and I met up with him. And then, uh, we had this shop called Lido Skate Shop, and he was like, Hey man, we started to skate with each other and um, oh, oh the photographer. He used to get so annoyed with me cuz Mark would be like bringing me around and he was always like, "Dude, why are you bringing this little kid around?" like and then uh he my first board that I ever got given to me was from Mark and he uh left it at Lido Skate Shop for me. He's like, "Hey, I got this board, left and went down there, and left it." One day the next day I went to go get it. All of a sudden I showed up it wasn't there, and I was like, oh, maybe he's just over it, and I went to, like, Carl's Jr. or something, got some food, came back, and he had came and left it there for me, and I was like, holy crap, it was, like, a Mark Gonzalez board with, like, the, the actual paint, paint pen on the top. Oh, sick. With, like, uh, Ventures and uh, Rocco wheels, Rocco Sims Rocco wheels. You don't still have it, right? Dude, I wish. I mean, who was to know? When you're a kid, yeah. you don't keep nothing, you Yeah, know. know. Yeah. Damn. I, I had these helmets, and I, I'd leave my helmet at his house because there was a bunch of dudes from Ohio that used to live in Newport that he'd hang out with them, Lucky and all these dudes. And he used to paint pen all over my helmets. And I was actually annoyed at the time. I was like, dude, he's drawing all over my shit. <laughs> <laughs> but now, uh, if I would have kept that helmet, it would have been sick as well. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, Marcus Gonzalez was, also like, a huge influence here in my town. He, he sure. was the guy, like, you know, and I was so lucky to – to be able to to hang out with him he would he would take me skating and put up with me as especially when you're like 11 or 12 who's this little kid you know yeah
1: yeah as it turns out he's a big influence in every town I think oh
2: yeah but here in this town especially I feel like that's where he he really like right when his first board came out for vision and everyone had I mean I had so many Mark Gonzalez boards but he kind of got me on the flow gram there and from there you (laughs) Did you go to Blockhead? Yeah, and then uh, I got on Blockhead right after that. That was kind of cool because it was a smaller little company that I felt was like, you know, they gave me more of a chance because vision, you're just a small fish in a big pond, you know? And and, uh, and Blockhead was like, hey, man, like, really want to work with you. And it was funny. I was 13 years old when I first got on Blockhead, and I took a, a Greyhound bus to Roseville, Sacramento, Oh. By myself. For that contest? To, no, there was a, a demo at the F- county fair in Sacramento. Okay. And I remember I did it with Keith Cochran, <laughs> Camden Scott. Oh, damn. Mike McGill was like the mainliner and then a few other heads. But that was my first like introduction to like- It was a vert ramp? Yeah, it was a vert ramp at the F- county fair there. Wow. Like, those are names that like kids today probably would never know. So like- yeah. but, me as a kid to meet these guys and being there in that element you know it just really opened up up my eyes to being like this is sick you know what I mean Keith Cochran uh, had the first venture ad yeah
1: what was up with that what is it called the happy land ramp or whatever the blockhead ramp that thing Uh, looked like
2: the sickest thing yeah that was years later they were first at there was the first kind of blockhead ramp up in Sacramento as well oh was up there yeah that's where they first started there was a blockhead ramp there it was in some like weird field Dave Bergdahl would know more of than I would because I was just a kid that just got there but like you know it was one of the first wooden corners oh yeah and it was one of the first they figured out how to make a wooden corner out of it and then you know the later after that when the blockhead ramp came here in San Diego and in Fallbrook one thing cool about that was they were really experimenting with the corners and the spines and like I feel the hips and stuff I felt like it was like Kind of ahead of its time for sure. When it came to like, you know, m- basically making a wooden skate park that I really spent a lot of time there. I mean, Dave put up with a lot of my shit, dude. It was insane.
1: Were the Berthos from Sacramento?
2: Yeah, they're from Roseville. Oh, and and Sam Cunningham as well. yes yeah, Sam Cunningham so he used to work at Seldner, copering uh, It was a thing called Seldner, and they made copers and rails and stuff. And that was his job. I'd no I'd go down and stay with with Sam, in Sacramento. And uh a lot of my childhood seriously was here and it also stemmed in northern california because of that's where the companies that I rode for were based out of, you know.
1: Yeah. Holy shit, that's sick. I never knew that. So the original ramp was in Sac and then they yeah. moved it down here. Well,
2: the, no, the first original ramp that they made corners and the blockhead ramp was yeah. there. And then when they came here, it was like the, the new age version of like how to really make it better, you know? And so they rebuilt a whole new one here in Fallbrook. And that's the Thrasher cover, right? No, the Thrasher cover is the one here in San Diego. Okay. Who was like some of the dudes that you on Blockhead at that time? There was... Was Barra on there? Yeah, well, that was later, but... Yeah, it was. Uh, well, the blockhead team was insane, man. We had Jason Dill. Oh yeah. We had you know Steve Barra. We had Rick Howard. I mean, the oh, God, there's so many names. I've, it's been so long. It was I a sick even, team, though. Yeah, I mean, we he, he was basically getting the kids that kind of had something different and quirky about them that ripped, and you know, there's later was like Laban Fideas and, okay. and and those kind of guys, and then he went on to do like Invisible. And then that whole team was pretty insane with Mumford and Jamie Thomas. Yeah. So the guy had a good eye for picking out And he did video work too. Yeah. I mean, he would film everything and he skated. And so he was pretty sick to ride for. And Rick Howard basically got the idea of how to run a company through Dave, you know, like, because just watching him work. And Uh Rick used to live here at the Blockhead Ramp in San Diego. Oh, okay. He, He came out for like a while. He lived at that house for a while where the ramp was and... So, he kind of had an idea of watching how it all worked out, you know? Yeah.
1: And then from there was
2: Black Label? Yeah. And then I wrote for, oh, Acme. Oh, Acme in between. I don't want to talk about that. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding. That was like a weird thing because it was the no pro model idea and... Uh, to tell you the truth, we had a sick team, and it was awesome. And, and at that time, no one was selling many boards anyways because it was, like, small wheels, big pants. Skateboarding was really small, but that was another great team, though, you know? And then they, he did the Channel 1 and Acme thing, and between both of those companies, there was a lot of great skaters. You know, Anthony Van England and Chris Sen, and Andy Roy rode for Channel 1 for a while. I saw him the other day. No way, yeah, really? Yeah, Andy Roy was on the, up on Channel 1, and Remy, and... Yeah, it was a it was a collective crew of like different heads on that for a minute. But then after that, yeah, I went to Black Label. Black Label was pretty sick because that was like more of a hometown. You know, John's from Huntington, and I've known him my whole life here, and i have always kind of wanted I actually the first time I asked him, he was like, "Ah, nah," <laughs> you know. <laughs> and then years later, I asked him again. And he was like, "All right, your persistence is paying off. Oh, let's do it." Yeah, huh? Yeah, you guys have gone through a
1: lot of different. Yeah, Cardiel, Upson. Uh, early days and then who are the guys now? Chris Troy still on there?
2: Yeah, Chris Troy and uh, Patrick Ryan, I, I, I like the way he skates a lot. Oh, yeah. He's like one of the newer kids that little like, patty. are ripping. But when when Cardiel got skater of the year, he was actually riding for Black Label at that time, you know? That was like... A, one
1: of the sickest logos, that uh, Black Label one. I mean, uh, Copenhagen one. Yeah, it's yeah. It's like... Uh, I mean,
2: John uh, Cardiel basically carried that company through that those times as far as like... Creating a, a niche for it, and you know he's obviously he's John Cardio and, yeah. he got, and then he got skater a year, and he came out with this candy board. I don't know if anyone oh, remembers yeah, that. That, and was, that was like, all right, this company's sick at ever that time, sick. right? Yeah, yeah. The Ever Slip candy. That's like probably the the best black label board of all times damn how about uh um
1: reissue john some, yeah some, i don't some know. Up yeah, to ask, Azure. yeah john's <laughs> gotta ask john on that one dude <laughs>
2: come on john come on john
1: oh man so let's talk about the uh gnarly fucking head injury you got at the uh, downtown yeah. showdown lee Sharon
2: was saying it was the most scared he's ever been in his life well it, what sucks is Sometimes things like that it happened. So, I mean, there's a, I can go on for days about that one because it was like a weird situation. Yeah. Everyone thinks that I like hit this saw blade that Sam Hitz had put on the on the thing, but it wasn't the saw blade, and it was it wasn't the obstacle. It was the way that you're supposed to duck as you go under. Yeah. And on the other side, it's like going through a tunnel, and on the other side was a transition, and someone's board fell through as I was going through the hole. It was Tony Savante, I think. His board fell through and I flinched up. You know, your first reaction is to stand up. So I was going through it, seen the board, stood up, wham, knocked myself. But what was crazy is I was kind of in and out of consciousness, like didn't go out. I remember Sam hits running up to me and he's looking at me and I seen the look on his eyes. I'm like, dude, if Sam's looking at me crazy like that, (laughs) then this could be bad. They tried to put some compression with some rags on my head and then in the ambulance we went to a uh, Hollywood hospital. And the hospital in Hollywood is no joke, dude. Like, I'm talking, there was people with gunshot wounds, stabbed. Oh. there's homeless people. I mean, it's a sketchy hospital. So. Right. They took me to the wrong hospital, actually, because the paramedics were freaking out so bad about it. They took me to the wrong hospital. They pulled me in. This doctor was like, uh, yeah, you were at the wrong hospital. We're not equipped to deal with this. Put him back in the ambulance. <laughs> oh, I'm like, I'm not God. leaving. I'm not going in. I'm like sitting there kind of arguing with this doctor. Yeah. And then he's like kind of was like okay well this is too serious we he needs help right away he's like he went for it you know he put a bunch of it was like 100 and something stitches inside and then he had like i had like 48 48 staples outside but i mean it took like probably four or five hours yeah and uh he stitched me up and then he, I was on my way you know but like you could definitely see the skull uh, you know you could see the, the bone which was that's what I think scared him you know so fucking gnarly but listen to this what's crazy is that guy hit me up the doctor on Instagram a couple years later was like hey man I'm the one that sewed your head up, how are you feeling, and this and that. And, and now we're, like, friends through social media. <laughs> what the <fuck? laughs> So he's like, hey, you should come to L.A. and have a beer. And, like, he sees my – some because I've based graphics off of my head, and I've, like, yeah. kind of used it to my advantage. Like, if you can't beat them, join them, you know. So, like, I, I, I like – and then it's funny because I have a lot of people come up to me, and the first thing they'll say is, like, hey, let me see your scar, you know. So it's kind of became, like, a part of my life that was unexpected, but it's actually – It's kind of like, you know, people think it's cool, I guess, but it wasn't cool at the time. I'll tell you that.
1: Oh, fuck no. I thought that you were going to say the uh, doctor hit you up to get the money bump
2: bump. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Do you remember meeting P-Stone for the first time? You know what? It's funny. He's got such a better memory than me. But I, I don't necessarily know exactly the first time, but I know he was here. We used to have this shop called Lido Skate Shop, and him and Grant Schubert were really good friends. Uh-huh. And we had this crew of kids, this guy, Kui Nguyen. I don't know if you remember him. He used to ride for Color Skateboard. Yeah, for sure. And there was these other guys named T and Tang. Huh. And uh, they're the, the, these brothers. And um, he always threw out some stuff that like it would take me off guard. So I, I want to say I, I, I met him when we were like, 13 or 14, you oh, know? Oh, whoa. Yeah, and because by the way, he comes at me on, on stuff, but he's been in my life so many times after that that I can remember. Right. He would throw out stuff and I'd sit there and look at him like, dude, I, I can't believe you were there for some of this stuff. It was like, he was there like for a lot of those times and, and memories <laughs> that like, even I didn't really realize. So
1: He did the same to me. Like he fucking hit me with this crazy one one time and I was like, no fucking way. He's like, yeah, remember that spine ramp in Palo Alto? Yeah, I was me and me and this guy were yeah. friends and I was there and he's like, we probably saw each other. Yeah. And I was like, what the fuck, yeah. dude? I was
2: like, young. Yeah. He got around, dude. Yeah. He wasn't even he was like from a different state. Yeah. I mean,
1: the stories are endless with him, but is there any that stick out that's like one
2: of the more epic tales? Um, okay, yeah, the, we'll I'll go back to the Israel story. We get off the plane, flew for days, we find this bar that he knew about, he was all fired up, <laughs> because he, he had been there one time before everyone, so you know how if he's been there, I he's, got he, it. He, he he pioneers it, <laughs> yep. and he's like, dude, I'm going to show these dudes a good time. Right. We get to the bar, he's drinking, he's taking shots, everyone's all fired up, we just get there, and all of a sudden I see this look on his face where he's like... Hoop, And he takes off his hat, and he throws up inside his hat, dude. And I'm like, whoa. And then he's like, fuck, this is my good hat. This is my good hat. So he goes and runs in the bathroom washes the hat out <laughs> lets it dry and the hat's on his head for the fucking rest of the trip i was like dude oh my he, God. Passed in, he needed that hat dude yeah. but that was one that stuck out to me that i always remember cuz i was just like that he just didn't did not give a fuck he was not giving that hat up <laughs> most people would have been like this he, hat's done dude he would but, wear
1: the same hat for years like yeah. it would be like the sun would like melt the colors right. and
2: it was like a thrasher hat that he just like yeah. didn't want to uh Give up. <laughs> I miss that guy.
1: Um, Alyssa texted in and wanted to know if there's any way you can get her into the Kelly Slater perfect wave. Oh, you know
2: what? I get that all the time, man. <laughs> I got that from Jason, Jesse, and Cranny before. And they were like, hey, how do we get in there? Hey, call him up, you yeah. know? But, I mean, that... Dude has probably got hit up by a bazillion. So many like cousins he hasn't heard from for (laughs) forever. Like, oh, like he's just like the guy's probably getting hit up so much. So when they hit me up, that was real fresh. But I could look into it more now. It's because it's been around. It's a little easier to like approach Kelly on it because he's uh he's probably not getting so bombarded. We actually skated uh, this water park in palm springs that we're working on a little thing with uh gregson and i saw that and that's going to be another water park that's even closer because the other one's you know six hour drive four or five six hours you hour can drive. skate the funnel but you can skate the funnel but this new water park that they're building there is gonna be uh i think pretty cool as well it's kelly's also. is different though I, I mean i haven't been to kelly's yet but i know Dude, those things are spendy. So, oh, yeah. and when they first open, everyone wants a piece of them, and then they probably die out. But I, I think the Kelly Slater one is like you have to buy a membership, and it's like a club, and it's like it's you gotta have the in for sure, or you're gonna be paying out the ass.
1: But is the idea that they're gonna like make those and then
2: try to get it dialed in, and then that's gonna be where what they have contests on? I'm sure they'll do that. You know, Not, uh, I mean, dude, they're having the Olympics in Japan. Uh-huh. The first surfing Olympics is going to be one of those water park things. It, it is. Yeah. So. so everyone has the same And then, you know, to tell you the truth, some kid that lives in some weird place that has no ocean or water around him is going to come out and just start ripping. Have you ever heard of the movie North Shore? You ever seen that movie? Oh, yeah. Dude, Rick Kane is going to be a real deal, <laughs> dude. He's coming in hot. and <laughs> hey, we got Rick Kane at him. Arizona. <laughs>
1: Whoa, Joe Hammackey's next yeah. door neighbor in Nebraska. <laughs> <laughs> dude, you never know. Hammackey's
2: maybe his, his kid could just be the next. That's what That's what Hammackey could be the unknown. next Kelly Slater, dude.
1: <laughs> well, the phone lines are fucking lighting up here with Omar on the program. We got a phone call. Let's uh, check the lines. Yeah, Omar. Grand, Grand here, Grandpa. <laughs> uh, true or false, you once had a Boost Mobile or a phone sponsorship of some sort I uh, think you had the first waterproof phone I've ever seen that was you took surfing with you? In your wetsuit?
0: Is that true? Or am I fucking high on fucking L25?
2: Well, You're probably high on L25 regardless, <laughs> Cranny but yeah, no, dude, I used to play this joke because I wrote for Verizon, actually, and they made this waterproof phone. So I'd be, like, drinking a beer, like, joking around, and back then, you know, there was the first one of the first waterproof phones. So I'd drink, be drinking a beer, put my beer down, like, accidentally... Looked like I was accidentally dropped my phone in my beer, and everyone would be like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> and then I'd be like, "Holy shit!" And then I'd like, "Dude, call it, call it!" And then they'd call it and I'd pull it out there, and it was like tripping out because it was like one of the first waterproof phones. Oh shit! But uh, was that Verizon? What was Verizon? Oh. But it was a, uh, I think it was like Casio phone, like a like a G Shock watch type phone. But okay. uh, speaking of cranny, look at his ears were burning right from the last. Yeah, from the last question.
1: We're just talking about you, cranny. Looks like we got another phone call, actually.
0: Yo, what up? Oh, no. Nah. What it do? It's big hungry. I just want to know, bro. How did you feel when you first got aboard that red? Onar, oh, Motherfucking Hassan. What'd you do? Did you go get some ice cream with your girl? She you smoke a fatty? What'd you do when you got your first pro board? Oh, how at that fool MC Money Bump for me? Uh, He owe me some money.
2: IG. Damn, what did I do when I first got my first board hungry? Fuck. At that time, when I first got my first board, I was 16, so I wasn't doing much except fucking <laughs> trying to hang out with chicks and smoke weed and drink beer. Yeah. But you know what the funniest thing Hungry's ever really called me out on? And I'm surprised that he did not call me out on this. He's like, <laughs> yo, Omar, how are you going to introduce your own classics? <laughs> I was like, dude, that's pretty crazy, man. He's like, I see a lot of classics, man, but you introduce your own classics? I'm like, hey, man, that's when you know you're classic, when you can introduce I'm like, one day hungry, you'll be introducing your own classics every time. (laughs) But that's where he always, like... Oh, he loves to bring that one up. He loves that. I'm surprised he didn't throw that one, because he didn't think of it, because that would have been... He talked about it when when I I had him on the show, actually. He loves bringing that one up. dude is is awesome energy man definitely and hey you know you you listen to his stuff he's legit I hope I hope something something big goes out comes out of that situation because that dude's got talent absolutely
1: keeping it fucking lit up in the bay hungry our life oh shit we got one more caller oh, I don't shit. know if you've t- heard from this guy in a while Omar what was it like
2: being Jim Gray's neighbor oh god like living on the other like neighbor. And then was it true or false that one time your stove was broken and I put some French fries in there and came back six months later and they were still in there. In the pan. True or false. That's probably true. Before before I had my girl I have now man, I was pretty I was pretty loose with the cleaning. <laughs> <laughs> but uh Dude, Chet's a, Chet's another dude, you know, like <laughs> man, we go back and forth. We it's been a it's been a long road. <laughs> Definitely. I mean, a little longer for him. Hey, Chet's another one, man. He rode for Acme. We forgot to bring his oh, name yeah. up on Acme, right? And he was so pissed off at Jim Gray. <laughs> I forget what what happened. He he needed to go home and and Jim was like, "Yeah, I can't get you a plane ticket, but he got him a, a Greyhound bus ticket. Back to Kakalaka, dude. From Cali. Ask him about that one, dude. Oh, my God. It scarred him for that. Fuck, Fuck
1: Team Fuck Got that? Got me that bus pass. Didn't have that swoosh yet. Yeah,
2: right? Those were the days where you're like, all right, well, what are you going to do? You, you, you can't afford a plane ticket. Just get on the damn bus and just. But it scarred him. Yeah. It scarred him for sure. I, I, I love Chet, man. Like, you know. He's a—he's just got a personality, a next-level personality, and you love him or hate him, man, he's fucking the awesomest dude.
1: Yeah, when he started talking in the third person, it got weird for me. Yeah. But I love Chet, too. Luda? L- L- hey, Luna wants to fucking pull over
2: It's funny too Because uh, right there you could tell his voice was like uh, He had a couple <laughs> He had a couple right there, dude <laughs> Keep it going, Chad
1: Keep it going So is that true that you Did you buy a house from uh, Jim Gray Or you were roommate? Wait, what happened?
2: No, well, when we did the Acme thing Because we all kind of were in it together And uh, uh, that was the first house that I, I had bought in, Off of Jim So. Oh. He had a, like a duplex type thing and I just was like, I just signed a shoe deal with Vance and I was, you know, 23 years old and I'm like, what am I going to do with my money? I need to invest it in something. So I, I told him, hey man, I want to buy this and he gave me a pretty good deal and then I just, was on from there, you know, I started figuring out how to, like, live. (laughs) So you bought, like, one of
1: the duplexes, and he lived in the front or back? Yeah, he lived lived in in the the back one,
2: one, you know. There's a little side story to that. I'm not going to get too (laughs) into it. He was a little upset at me because... You know, at the time, he 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 thought he was kind of done wrong in a sense cuz he gave me a good deal and then I, I started riding for for Black Label. Oh. <laughs> so, but while you were living there? <laughs> while I was living there. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, so that got a little sketchy. <laughs> but I mean, to tell you the truth now, it's all good. Jim Jim you know, he don't care. We're all good.
1: Oh, okay. Speaking of sponsors, wh- how hyped are you about Hewitt getting on Volcom?
2: It's rad. I mean, you know, that's what's kind of cool about Remy is Remy sees something in someone and, and you know, whatever stage in life they're in in skateboarding, if, if he has something that he sees he has to offer, he's going to give you a chance. And I think, you know, Peter and Grant have a really good connection there yeah. and Colin and you know, Louis Lopez and all those guys. You know, they're always they gave him the nod, and we all love Pete. So it's, it it makes it makes total sense. And someone like Peter, you know, he's like we've been going on a lot of trips, getting in that bus, and he's a perfect fit because you know you want to be with people that's the whole thing about welcomes whole team it's like if if they base their team off of if if you're able to hang out with everyone in the bus and 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 have like a good relationship everyone's hyped on each other camaraderie camaraderie is everything at that company so i feel like with with pete there you know obviously i've known him forever and he's one of my good friends so Uh everyone gave him the nod and and it's awesome you know
1: fuck that's so sick he got a three page I was like sick dude you got a two page spread he's like that's three pages
2: yeah Yeah, he actually did it here where we're sitting right now that ad was in in this that's right in my house yeah you know we were skating that day together and like you know it's funny because it all goes full circle he's another one that we used to enter castle contests together when we were like 13 or 14 you know like we were like just little skate buddies, are their whole Linda Vista crew, Linda Vista skate park days and stuff. So it's just funny to watch everyone, you know, throughout the years just get in where you fit in type thing.
1: Yeah, who would have thought you'd still be doing it? Right? It's crazy. Like, whew, Lance winning the combi, like, at however old. Like, it's just so sick. Like, all that shit's inspiring. Well, I think,
2: I think skating, you know, like a lot of dudes, for example, that were in it, especially had to go through that 90 era. Uh huh. Like, I I turned pro in '89, and then I had to go through that '90s era, and then skateboarding came back with all the parks, the resurgence, 2000s and stuff, and then up until now, and I think skateboarding wasn't that big, mm-hmm. so there wasn't like a lot of people just pushing you out of the out of the the light for a minute, you know, like right. you could actually stay in like stay in the the skate thing forever because it was a small community doing it. Now, I feel like it's a different type of day and age where these kids got a shorter span career because of the fact that there's so many kids that skate. And there's so many dudes that rip. And there's so many parents behind it. Like, my parents didn't want me to skate. Right. They were like, dude, get a job. What the hell are you doing, you know? like, get. The skateboarding wasn't something that there was, like, some future you could have in. All right. So, when we stuck through it through all those years and all of a sudden now, luckily, guys like steve van doren and vans and those guys carry us through those later years because they're like it's like giving you a nod for being there in the 90s and and, yeah and and not a lot of companies do that yeah because paying dues and like you know caballero is a perfect example i mean that dude he was jumping down rail he was doing stuff going way out of his element to to keep keep relevant you know and like now at vans he's like he's the golden child and there's a reason why he stuck it out there and they, they support the history and the classics and yeah so vans does it right it's kind of luck luck of the draw as well because there was other times where you know etnis was cooler dc was cooler or, uh-huh. you know but now it's like all of a sudden it went full circle you know nike wasn't even relevant all of a sudden nike's relevant and vans became very relevant so yeah. I, I think that it's just the way the cookie crumbled you know
1: you look at what they're doing, and you can't argue it. It's like they go to towns and build skate parks for events and stuff, and and like bring shit to a community that they went down and built that thing in Brazil. It wasn't the biggest raddest thing, but like in an area where those kids are fucking hyped and just shit like that, that it's like fuck. Uh,
2: I think what happened personally is uh, right when the economy died, you're selling a DC shoe for a hundred and twenty dollars. Right then, or you can go get a a uh, vans that's skateboarding that's relevant for forty dollars, and that kind of helped as well. And then Jeff Raleigh came in with that ad campaign that just nailed it. Yep. And and he brought a whole you know crew of youth to you know to vans and just there's a lot of reasons behind it, layers behind it. But like, and the price point was good, the shoe was good, and then all of a sudden that Dogtown Z Boys movie came out, mm. shed some light on the history of it. Was that the end of Alfaro? Dude, how far <laughs> I love that guy so much And I haven't seen him is since then He absolutely out of his mind uh, You probably see him still I don't see him But uh, I love the kid He's like he, Dude, he was like Seriously one of the best Skateboarders, man he Yeah We went on a so trip with I mean, him So And he was really cool and, and shit, but He's really down to earth It's just like You know, I, I, I I'm not trying to talk negative But like If you get into Hanging out with the wrong crew And you, yeah. you take it to the next level And you can't pull out of that hole Man, shit happens for sure, love you, Alfaro, yeah. Alfie, baby. We used to call him. <laughs> um, he, he played Tony Alva in the the movie Tony Alva. I know. He was the skater. He, was, he, was so he got sick. that check and was, it was party time. Uh, yeah. This funny story: uh, we went
1: to Montana with Alfaro, like Joe Brooke, Chet, me, a bunch of dudes, and the first night, Alfaro met some chick and he disappears for the whole night. And luckily, we found him because we were in Spokane, like heading out the next morning to go to Montana. And so we finally find him, and he's like, "Dude, you're not gonna believe this." So I'm spending the night with this chick, and all of a sudden, her parents come home. He's like, "I fuck." So I'm hiding in the closet like ET with the stuffed animals. <laughs> When the bomb comes in. Oh, my it. God. I wish we could do some graphics to <laughs> Dude, that right there. That was
2: amazing. I can picture it. Yeah.
1: The Ford sponsor, did you get a truck out of that?
2: Yeah, you know what? To tell you the truth, that was probably the best situation scenario. The way I got on that was uh, I didn't. I never had an agent. I'm not, like, agent guy. i would never been in skateboarding for financial reasons. There's never been a reason why I did it. Like I said, my parents never were, like, coaching me to do this stuff. I just kind of got... Lucky deals here and there, but they wanted to sponsor the advanced triple crown of skateboarding and they needed someone to represent them in those contests. And at the time, I skated the Vert, the street, and they had the Soul Bowl thing or whatever at the same time. And they were like, well, this guy's going to be skating all this stuff and we'll be able to get our logo out there. And I'm just, I fooled them. Yeah. You know? But um, it was supposed to be a, like they trial one year deal at first. And then uh, they gave me a truck the first year. And then they signed me for a four-year deal after and gave me what the price of a truck would be for the four years later. Oh, damn. So I was, like, kind of lucky because they switched up a lot of their other, they had, like, surfing, skating, and, like, weight. Wakeboarding and snowboarding And they switched up their other athletes But for some reason I got lucky And they just kept me as on the skate program the whole time Oh shit So I was like sick They sent me to the 100th year anniversary of Ford It was funny though Because they started doing some weird marketing things Where I was like going to a Ford dealer And I'm like up there with like a <laughs> like a rodeo <laughs> rider And like a race car driver I'm like what the hell is going on here Dude this is insane It's Mario Andretti Yeah and Omar- oh Mario Oh Mario Andretti <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) that's amazing but hey man I I was seriously I got lucky because all I had to do really was put a sticker on my board and then they actually did ads and stuff in the mag so they did I remember yeah so it was like I kind of felt like they had to do that to, to legitimize like why like give some support back to the to the industry instead of just like putting their logo nowadays people just try to get shit for free you know yeah You get fucking
1: Ford and Patagonia, and you're good. right? (laughs) It's like, damn. Hammocky wants you to tell the story about when you came home from Israel.
2: Oh, man. Being Omar Hassan, (laughs) flying through (laughs) 9-11 days, dude. That shit was harsh. There was a couple times where I would, like, having a couple beers in the bar, minding my own business, go to check in. As soon as I checked in, there would be, like, two sheriffs on my sides. Wow. You know? And then I'd be like, all right. I know where you guys are going with this. And then I started getting kind of pissed off about it because I knew exactly where they were going. Every time I'd go to check in. But that one from Israel, they, like, took me aside and was, like, asking me, like, took me into this interrogation room. And uh, Trujillo and Preston and, and and everyone, Angel, and they all, oh, Fanner was there. I forgot to say Fanner was another one that was there. And he, they all got to go home. Oh San you come with me. <laughs> they took me in the interrogation. They're asking me the craziest questions like, How did your dad meet your mom? Like, have you some dude with my name was from Arizona and they was on the the terrorist list and they were, kept asking me, like, when was the last time you went to Arizona? I'm like, I don't know. You know, just like and then I started getting pissed because four hours later they're asking me the same questions in different forms, just trying to like shake me on something. What the and fuck? And then I started being like dude you tell me how my mom met my dad i wasn't there i wasn't even born yet motherfucker <laughs> so yeah it got crazy and then i i missed my flight it was like 12 hours later i finally got on a flight oh man yeah I, I used to get that a lot though even just flying in general and then i united gave me this card that had like a special number on there so when i went to check in i gave them the card and then they would uh let me fly through without any problems. And you still have it doesn't, that? It doesn't apply anymore because they fixed the system on how to like deal with... So you don't get fucked with? I it. don't get fucked with no more. Damn.
1: That would be insane. Holy yeah. shit. I mean,
2: dude, my mom is an American citizen. My dad's from A- Arabia but I was born and raised in Hogue Hospital in Newport Beach my brother's name's Jason my other bro- brother's name is Lauren they experimented with me dude and I got the fucking <laughs> I got fucked <laughs> they're like Omar Hassan that's like Mike Smith of the terrorists <laughs> oh names. man that's like Mike Smith of America and-, and they're looking for Mike Smith the terrorist like you're fucked holy shit I'm Greg Smith and I fucking go into the there you go I,
1: I go into the hotel and they're like yeah there's two rooms which one do you want cause there was two rooms <laughs>
2: <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? There you go, dude. Like the most common name yeah. that could like. Insanity. All right. There's been a little
1: uh, bird flying around telling me about a little drama going on these days. And apparently, um, I don't even know if we need to name names, but um, somebody got upset with somebody else over the color Purple? Purple? Yeah, you haven't heard about this one? Uh-uh. Well, somebody came out with some purple shoes and then they got blocked on um, all social media by somebody else because they said, purple's my color, yo. <laughs> you don't know about this? I don't know about this. Oh my God. Can you trademark that color?
2: This is what they should do. They used to have these uh, fights at trade show with, like, Simon Woodstock and Mike Meir. So if we formed this boxing match for those two, (laughs) and they could settle it once and for all through, like, actually make some money doing it in a friendly way. Like, so, you know, not like a street fight. With the
1: gloves on. Kind of like uh, Blasey and Hungry. Exactly.
2: You get them gloves on. You get And you could... Dude, we could sell this. I feel uh, like I, I feel like it. I'm onto something. We'll bring ASR back. So yeah, no, we just go to whatever. What's the what's the uh, one now? Oh, I don't know. Um, I don't really go to trade shows anymore. But I know if, if I had to, yeah. I will for this. Yeah, that would bring people to trade show actually. Yeah. everyone would want to see this. But yeah, I mean Simon Woodstock. We could get Simon
1: to judge, Simon Woodstock uh, got a
2: shoe out of doing that shit. Yeah, just let them do it. Let them do it, like, in a setting, and then market it, and, and hey, the winner gets to win the purple. Done. We'll do it.
1: Or well, let's do it at the next Wallenberg contest, the new Buster Bale. Right. Yeah, Buster
2: highlights. Bale. Yeah. And you can Buster Bale on the fucking purple <laughs> right there. I don't know
1: if either of them were paying attention to the Converse video, but it was called purple. Just nice. on, they
2: could put a stop to that, Just too, throwing right.
1: that out there. And then Jay Mask called in and said he wants his purple back.
2: Right. Yeah, so... Hey, uh I remember watching this this interview with Birdman from uh Cash Money Records. It's like, yeah man, bling bling. If I would have known that was a cop, I would have caught everyone's attention been that big, I would have trademarked that shit. <laughs> <laughs> bling bling. Bling bling.
1: Hey, uh one thing I forgot to ask you was um after the the slam at the showdown and stuff, did you hear Chris Gentry's rap, The Hall of Meat?
2: I want to say yes so he doesn't get mad at me, but I'm going to say no because I didn't hear it. But I love Chris Gentry to death, but I did not hear that one. He's got a big shout out to you. Oh, I love Gentry, it's man. It's like something Loosing
1: like. Uh, get hard on My Call me Omar Hassan.
2: Yeah, it's amazing. Dude, more people need to rev up on the fucking Gentry raps in the in the vans, dude. When they're on these trips, man, they need to put that thing in and just get fired up, cause you know there's some lyrics in there. First wall aerial, second wall of aerial. There's some gems in there, dude. Who would win um, in a street rap
1: off, uh, Gentry versus uh, Jeremy Rogers? Uh, I
2: don't know. That's a good one. They're both. I mean I think I I wanna say gentry because Jeremy sounds like he's about to cry or he's like super I don't like he can't like he can't talk loud enough or something. Magnum's
1: what I fit. I like that one. Word around town. Magnum's what I fit. Word around town. Often they still rip. Word around town, bitch. I still don't got no kids. Word around town is I fucked a thousand bitches.
2: Come on. What's the other one? High school school graduate. graduate. Mm, Not so much. Fuck the baddest bitches and often double up. Jeremy (laughs) Rogers. (laughs) I love that one. I I have nothing I have negative to say Because I don't know the guy But I mean I've listened to his music Before And I just was kind of like Trying to I was trying to hear it yeah. He was super soft spoken Man you gotta speak up Bring it we, We're we giving the nod To Gentry for sure On that one Yeah Gentry's a, like a cowboy
1: That raps Yeah, yeah Pretty much Straight out Texas well, let's talk Combi contest Because that's what I was down here for And uh You know, we knew going into it what we weren't gonna see. We weren't gonna see Grasso. We weren't gonna see Pedro Barros. No Bordo, unfortunately. But um, we did see a pretty sick contest. Apparently, they're saying for the third year in a row that this is the last one they're going to do at the block. And then we saw you over there on the mic a little bit with Grayson and uh, Christian. What did you think of the whole thing?
2: To be personally honest, without hurting feelings, I'm trying to – I feel like it should be an invite because – when you get an open qualifier like that with all these kids and anyone can come and enter it, and then, you know, they'll, they'll enter the amateur contest, and they'll enter the pro, and then they'll go back to the amateur. Like, that should be illegal. Like, once you turn pro, you should turn pro. And If you don't have a, a, a board sponsor with, you know, even a board with your name on it, i don't, I've never esta- haven't established yourself as a professional skateboarder, then you shouldn't be in there with Pedro Barros. Right. And I feel that's how Pedro feels about about it as well, because it's a lot of pressure on him to have to keep proving himself to kids that sit in that thing all year long and some of those kids, that's the only contest they skate all year long and they got the thing wired, but you know it's kind of one of those things, that's where you sit down and you watch Pedro Barros right. and I hate to say it like that, but that's the way I'm going to say it, you know because it's one of those things where those kids, you know uh, that's the future and having an amateur, solid amateur career should mean something, we all had to go through that amateur career and you had to make it as an amateur before you made it as a pro. And I feel like a lot, a lot of people are just coming in straight into the pro ranks. And then you also got guys like Jeff Grosso himself. I mean, he's a perfect example. That dude was amateur for days, you know, and he had to actually like win so many amateur contests to be able to become a pro. So he's like the the epitome of going through the ropes to become a professional skateboarder. I think Grosso puts a lot of pressure on himself sure. especially at that event because you know everyone wants to see him shine he, he, he's kind of loved by everyone so when you when you say Grosso's name and it's time for his run he just works himself up but like yeah that that contest when we first started doing it it wasn't about everyone being able to skate it no one even wanted to skate that style of stuff at the time I almost felt like that was like a, a, a lost genre of, of skateboarding that and then the first year went good, second year, and the third year, and then after that, it just became people started seeing it as a, a way to, like, get coverage or make money or whatever. But we first started entering those things just to see how it would go, and it turned into this, you know, event that's kind of a legendary event. One of, its, one of like, the most legendary bowl events in this day and age and generation, but... Absolutely. You know, and so, you know, it's like when we did all the Marseilles. The first five years of Marseille was insane. Right. But you got to get to a point where you have to either figure out a way to make it, like, interesting again, or you just cut it off, or, you you know, you make sure that you pay tribute to the guys that actually uh, yeah. created it. Like, if Marseille, I went to a Marseille contest not too long ago, and... I just think of giving a nod to guys like John Cardiel's and Trujillo's and these guys that really... Wade fucking Spire. Yeah, Wade Spire, you know? <laughs> like, I mean, they don't have to do a Masters necessarily because these guys don't want to skate that shit anyways. But, like, show some history, give them some, give them some love. and But when it just becomes like a, a Red Bull event and it's like there's no, like history lesson and you know it just becomes a cookie cutter event and i don't want to see comedy turn into that you know what i mean yeah
1: and and it's kind of like this since it's the same exact bowl every year it does run its course anyway it's like you know a lot of these guys do similar runs every year or whatever and so i think what the goal or the plan is is to change it to the new one that's outdoors which is like a reverse one so at least it's gonna change up the lines and all that shit right
2: yeah, and I, I feel like when they made this master's division... Oh, yeah. They kind of created a monster in its, in itself because, you know, the guys that are in the legends, they don't want to lose their position, you know? And and they shouldn't have to. But everyone needs to come to, together. And, like, if they make this master's division, there should be equality in not only the prize money, but in slotting it to where people see skate. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't even on the webcast. Like, that goes to show, like, all right, like this yeah. is a... This is the stepbrother of the the contest, but like, there's a list of names I could put on a list. Like Bob Burnquist, yeah, used to come skate the Combi all the time. He rips it, you know. There's the Giorgio Zatoni, which is like a random one, yeah. But you got Rune, you got I've even put in there Mike Frazier. yeah. You know, even whatever, get Sluggo out there, get like make it like yeah. Hewitt was talking Hewitt about it. Another one, Navarret. I, I, mean, I talked
1: to Jason and Jesse last night. He's like, should I enter next year? I was yeah. like, please
2: do seriously. But it's got to be invite for those guys. Yeah. to come so it's like jason you can come to this contest and we are gonna make this about you right in a sense where you don't have to go out there and necessarily try to compete so hard it's like should be a fun that if you give him that that energy and 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 give him the platform he's gonna rip you know
1: yeah and it's like grant and Trujillo, the same thing it's like a lot of these guys just don't want to deal with like Asher Bradshaw
2: and and all these kids and like you know the circus of it all. Like it's like well, the first year Trujillo and all those guys entered it because it was kind of grassroots. No one knew what to expect, and yeah. Trujillo ripped it. And you he know?
1: didn't wear pads, and he just you don't have I mean. he, he could just be you, and and uh and I think people would rather see these guys. Myself, you know, but no disrespect to Vans, Like definitely, they're killing it, and and doing all this stuff. But I get what you're saying. And I think like it does bring down the morale of somebody to be like, fuck, if this no name guy actually
2: places ahead of me, how does that make me look? So you got to weed out the legitimacy of that. And I, I mean, I, I grew up skating against Chris Miller, Caballero from 89 to 2000s. Miller and Tony Hawk. I mean, we used to sk- we used to I used to have to skate against Tony Hawk. You know what I mean? And and so it's hard because someone has to be in charge of the generations and how it works. Right. And as those guys get older, someone like Salba, I never really had to skate against Salba. Huh. So that's a whole other thing. Or Eddie Alguera. Yeah. Even at the Sacto Water Park contest. Right. It was Cab. Miller, I mean, a solid 10 years of skating against those guys, and then all of a sudden they form an alliance, you know, which is needed, but in my generation, you know, it kind of goes back to also now, so you could put in into the Masters and make something out of that, where it would be, like, the Bob, Burnquist, the Runes, you know, and uh, those types of people, but it's a hard one, because who's to say what generation, you know, someone needs there's no, like, ambassador of of, like, Divisions, You know what I mean? Like, it's like Steve Van Dorn's not going to... He just wants everyone to have a good time. So Absolutely. So someone needs to, like, figure out... Everyone needs to come together and just be like, all right, this is how it's going to be.
1: Hmm. Jamie Hart, give me a call. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what do you think... I mean, obviously Pedro's transfer, Clay Kreiner's transfer. What are some of the fucking gnarly memories that have gone down at this contest? Well, uh, uh,
2: the one year they did the longest board slide and Grosso got that. Oh, that was... So, I feel like that could be another thing nowadays with these kids. Like, I mean, I'm not, if it was up to me, I would say you could do a whole side event where it would be kind of like longest grind. Because uh-huh. nowadays, someone would break across his board slide record. Kiko would got rails. You know what I mean? Oh, like, man. He rails, was lip sliding Rails in that for distance. days, you know? But you could do uh, best transfer, highest air, most technical trick around the corner or just like you know like mix it up like it could be a whole nother like some of those best trick contests are the raddest thing when Bob did that on that bar he did the fakie oh yeah fakie 5 kick <laughs> flips out like stuff like that those kind of tricks happen in those elements so maybe that could be something that would be kind of sick to do you know for sure that was fucking sick I forgot about that that was insane yeah. I was there I was like what are you doing dude yeah. such a fluke it's like lottery go get a lottery ticket right now after that how many rock stars? Or did you board slide through that one time? Oh man, I just put that a few down there. Or- I, you know what? That's, <laughs> I, I got super weird. Back to what we're saying, like the contest got so stale for so many years. And I'm like, I'm just gonna go in there, and s- just do something different and have fun with it because it was like it's like beating a dead horse for sure.
1: Let's take a little break and hear from uh, some of our friends, and we'll be right back. it's cool uh going to um the combi and having different people come up to me and go dude i like your podcast it's right and i was like whoa you listen to it <laughs> <laughs> so uh keep uh promoting me out there everybody Me, <laughs> me, me, me. <laughs> I, 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 I mean,
2: he's got a case of the miatus right now
1: yeah and joe hammock he had the miata
2: he rolled up in the miata with some miatus um who are some of your top road dogs you like traveling with in 2019 I mean, I love Provost. is so fun to hang out with, dude. That guy's just like classic. Him and Figgy's Instagram is insane, right? They're just like dude, all the <laughs> <value> for days. <laughs> yeah, it's, but um, you know, obviously Grant. It's so funny that you say that because you know there's even I've been on uh, trips this year with like a bunch of weird, different cats and like all those little Canadian kids that like ET. I don't know if you know ET. He's uh he's I don't from. Think so. uh, I want to say Montreal area and, and, and then uh, there's Dustin and there's this whole little group of Canadian kids that are out of vans uh-huh. and they are just so awesome to hang out with. They, oh, they yeah. just do their own thing. They, they have like a great sense of humor and they all rip. Do you
1: like to kick it with the younger kids so it helps you stay young? Well, I mean,
2: you know, like the, it's kind of cool to see all these different generations, like even Grant's, you know, at an age where he's, I've known him since he's been a kid watching him just rip and then you got the little kids like you go on trips with like the ET kid that I said and and to me to tell you the truth I just am fortunate I feel lucky that I'm able to watch these dudes document what they do and be a part of it and be there it's like being history it's like what Jake basically loved out of skateboarding
1: Yeah, seeing the fucking he, he just wants to see people in.
2: if i'm able to put myself in a position like louis lopez watching louis lopez on yeah. a trip is insane to me and i appreciate that more than skating myself i, I don't go out there and try to like skate super hard because i want to try to show them that i'm ripping i like there's a time and a place for everyone and everyone has to sit back and play your position and watching the kids do what they do nowadays is is like enjoyable to me you know what i mean absolutely cj you like him yeah there you go dude he's I mean, a good kid he's he's a crazy little fucker dude he's a little <laughs> demon child dude he's <laughs> demonic but yeah i mean cj is a perfect example i mean i've gotten him in so many headlocks in the in that bus dude <laughs> he gets tortured, and he's done so much like Crazed, grabbed my hat one time, was like, took my hat, was like, put it down his <laughs> pants, was rubbing it on my balls and threw it at me. I'm like, dude, it is on, dude, oh you fucker. Like,
1: all right. I wanted to see if we could do the first annual Omar Hassan Awards. We're going to go best frontside air.
2: Best frontside air, Chris Miller. I mean, out of all time history. Yeah. For sure. Okay. Hands down. Favorite young buck. Favorite young buck. I mean, I've known Pedro since he's been a young buck. So I'll give Pedro the nod because in my mind, he's still that little kid that's 14 years old flying in my face.
1: Best all-time cement park. Best
2: all-time. I want to say Marseille, even though, you know, even before the contests and stuff, we used to love going there. If I could get there, it's far away. But the way they built it, the guy didn't even build it. Like, here's just some guy who got the job to build a park and he wasn't like a professional park builder and he just, it just came out like that and it's still it's to still this day it mean, right? has been around for years dude, yeah. but it's still like the transitions in it and stuff Like, I like when there's hips that you have to snap an ollie to, in the ollie because then it kind of works for like people that like to kind of bonk or snap and it's just like a perfect uh, transition you know. How would you won Marseille in? I won uh, 2001, 2003 three two thousand well there was five years Trujillo and wade won it each once and then i won the other three. Oh,
1: sick and you won the combi also one year
2: yeah in 2006
1: how did those like compare like as far as like a personal achievement
2: uh you know what those times and stuff It was sick, especially like Marseille, for example. We were all just friends. It wasn't like competitive, really. I feel like, right, like Neil Headings and Wade Spire and these guys. They were just my friends. Cardiel, me and Cardiel would like one time we ran into each other and got up and were just skating. There was no like trying to take people out, trying to win. It was uh, a we were all kind of like already had years of growing up together, so the competitiveness wasn't really there as far as like um, I'm trying to beat you. It was more just like having trying to have your best day on a skateboard so those were kind of the best achievements i felt that uh, like. march day was sick i remember and then, like- so was uh the combi as well you know like in those 2006 when i won it was my backyard con- bowl that we just skate all the time and they had an event there second year and me and rude would like call each other up and we'd go skate there together and it wasn't like a, it wasn't like i didn't know you and i'm trying to beat you Right. It's like, I feel like that's kind of like a different day and age today. Like these kids do not know each other. Like we had years of of friendship and knowledge and it's more like just whoever had their day. Yeah,
1: I can see that. Um, Back to the awards. Most likely to slam.
2: Well, Ben Schroeder, (laughs) of course. (laughs) And I don't know, Peter's pretty much up there (laughs) in the most likely to slam, dude. Hewitt's always taking a good one, you know. Who are you going to give most fried? Oh, man. Willie Laura, dude. (laughs) Damn. And that's no disrespect. It's just how it
1: is. That's no disrespect to Patty, either. You came
2: in close second. Patty Ryan already knows that. He's trying to clean up his act. Oh, okay. Good. He's one fucking minute behind (laughs) Laura as far as on the grill. Damn it. Um, Worst breath? Tony Alva? Ooh. I'm going to get in trouble for that one. But. <laughs> He's got worse than Hammocky? <laughs> I don't know. Hammocky pretty up there, too. Those guys should do a breathalyzer.
1: Um, who's the early pick for 2019 Skater of the Year?
2: Skater of the Year for 2019. Uh, that's a hard one. I mean, that Jamie Foy dude seems to be still killing just, it just on, like, another uh, some other planet. Yeah. You know, but they're probably... It's hard to get it twice in a row. Yeah. So, up next... I'd love to see Louie get it, you know? Yeah. Because Louie's a... Uh, he's a technician. He skates in his own way, and he's like...
1: For sure. With the Baker video coming, I, I, I'm i hoping for Rowan Zerillo myself. Oh,
2: Rowan as well, yeah. too. Because, you know what? Rowan's so diverse. He's I think I think so that's sick. why... He could get it as well because he appeals to every type of skateboarder I feel like uh, he's got the whole package you know
1: and not for nothing he embodies what Thrasher oh for sure you know for the last award we're gonna give you Omar's choice which is uh you get to make up an award I'm gonna
2: give the award to Jake
1: for but what's the Just award
2: best human being like most energy like you talk about embodying Thrasher you know what I mean like he's definitely uh, uh the guy who deserves that award of of just most knowledgeable, funnest dude to be around, fun to watch ride a skateboard. I mean you talk about best slam, actually. Ooh. He's another one. Wow. <laughs> him. But I'm just gonna say Jake for pure just love. You know what I mean? Like I've been through so many things with that guy as far as like ups and downs of like how to deal with his personality and who he was as a as a person and, and he really uh brought the best out of me in skateboarding as far as like, okay dude, like you're being a pussy or you're not or do this trick or don't or like gives you the opportunity to shine and and gives you that motivation and so i I feel like i'll give jake the nod because he was the one person who i always felt like even when he skated just on on the deck off the deck sober not sober right fucking just in every 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 aspect of knowing him you know he's one of my uh definitely all-time people when he showed up the it was on and and uh-huh. so i'm giving it to Jake. Can't beat that. That's good. What do you think about
1: skateboarding post Felper like are we in trouble?
2: How- no, i think his legacy will live on forever, you know? What I mean, you, you can't imitate that. There's no such thing as imitation. Yeah. But you could definitely just take everything that he he brought to to light, you know, kind of just use that as, as a no, fruit of knowledge, you know, like, uh-huh. so I, I feel like Thrasher in general, you know, like even with, with Burnett and stuff, th- these guys get it. It's not like someone like, I am changing, you know, this, we're going to do something different now, like yeah. with you and, and, and Hamake, Joe Brooke, you know, and Tony, like it, it's embedded in you guys. It's not something that is, uh, contrived and so, I mean, it's just, just always know where that attitude lies and. I feel like th- his presence is always there, you know.
1: Yeah, it hasn't even been that long. The memorial is like in a couple weeks, yeah. and then we have the Lincoln City thing. So it's just been still processing. But like the thing I was instantly like tripping on for myself, which was a weird one. But it, this is what my first thought one was like all the people that are gonna take advantage of his absence, you yeah. know.
2: I mean that's the thing when I say that you can't imitate it. It's like um, I don't know if this is a good or a bad reference, but like. Ronald McDonald at McDonald's mm-hmm. you go to McDonald's you, you think of Ronald McDonald you see the character you see the guy <laughs> yeah he's the, the mascot for the brand forever right and Okay. so that's never going to change. Right. So as long as Ronald, Ronald McDonald statue is in front of McDonald's every time that you go to that place, you think of Ronald McDonald. I mean, the Hamburglers are still there. You got <laughs> but Ronald McDonald is Ronald McDonald, dude. I fucking love that analogy. I'm going with that one. That's kind of that's yeah. that's the brand, you know what I mean? Is that's the guy. He's the the ambassador of that brand. Like if you have a mascot that's that heavy, that is that has brought that presence, and he's been that guy, it, it'll never go away. You know, you can't you can't put a new character up there. It's it'll always be that same character. Yeah, like, absolutely. It, that's the guy. So right. I mean, his his office is like a museum right now. It's insane. He's got to keep that torch lit of of un- making letting people. You know understand that that mascot's always the mascot and that's just the way it is you know
1: for sure well let's end this on a more uh upbeat upbeat positive <laughs> happy little yeah. whatever um mc money bump is he retired
2: uh, i heard he's
1: taking a break
2: yeah he what's goes the through, status
1: he, with, and is larry and mc money bump the same guy Yeah,
2: no it's the thing is like the, the <laughs> alter egos thing i don't know where I, these things come from but um <laughs> Actually Larry came from Vert Search and and, and Darren and Pete and those guys I, I was like on a good one and they're calling me Lawrence of Arabia yeah, because I just was like like wrestling <laughs> them and fighting them and they're like dude Lawrence of Arabia so then I turned to Larry but now yeah I mean you know hey you got to you got to pick and choose your battles and there's a time to turn things on and there's a time to turn it off you know I just if if I always was Larry or always MC Money Bump then people would take me serious this is I'm not trying to be taken serious as either of these characters <laughs>
1: I didn't, I didn't sign up for these characters they just
2: kind of came out So, but I'm, I'm always Omar you know what I mean like in the end and uh, it's hard being Larry the waking up the next morning as Omar after being Larry it's, it's not an easy task the body hurts you
1: gotta get uh, sponsored by Advil dude more than that I need Vicodin Vicodin oh man
2: oh man well what do you what do you think your freestyle uh, levels are at they're pretty good some days they're better than others it's all about the intake
1: do you think you could bust a rhyme on my podcast talking schmidt as a lyric when right now right now we just go "Mm, ah, mm,
2: mm, okay mm, what do you ah, give me a give me a uh, (laughs) subject
1: talking schmidt Schmidt. that will last forever
2: (laughs) yeah that's right we legit, legit we sitting by the bowl next thing you know we in the hole we ripping we grinding yeah that's right no rewinding here we go every time, and I'm in. I do me, you do you, so you can see. Helen Keller couldn't see. She Kelly. couldn't be me. Yeah. Next thing you know, we go and flow. Uh, and here we go, yo. My name starts with an O. Omar, <laughs> oh go real far. Get in your car. Yeah, that's right. I'm a star. Shooting. Yeah. Oh, my God. Hungry, where are you at? We got this fucking battle for oh, you, man. baby. And that's sober.
1: Yeah. That's it. That's before noon in the backyard. Dude, DR. I need it. Need no break. Maybe a half a coffee. That was actually not that
2: great, but I'll (laughs) I'll take it. Yeah, no, it's it's just something, dude. That's one thing that people need to realize is. I never take it serious. It's no, just a funny, fun thing to do. And I like, it's funny because if people thought that I was taking it serious, then, then it would be like, all right, you're a kook. But like, yeah. I'm a kook, but I'm not taking it serious. But like, so it's just one of those things where it's just something fun to do. I, I, I hang out with my friends and uh, it's, you know, you would be surprised. I get some of the most random people to, to start rapping with me, you know no. what I mean? Like, it's just like. Getting people out of their shell and having fun it usually right. happens at a cu- after like a couple beers and we're in the in the van or something. But like sitting here at noon right now doing this is like ridiculous. <laughs> like, but hey, my whatever. favorite
1: uh, when I was talking to Hungry, he was talking about I think you guys went to see Slayer, yeah. And after Slayer, you guys were all like partying it and and you started like freestyling. He's like, it was so sick. All the dudes started freestyling. I'll tell you this, Caswell Berry, he cannot freestyle. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Pat Lana and yeah. all these dudes that like you just have fun with them and it's just like something that you know you, no one's serious and it's like the second you take it serious like Jeremy Rogers oh, we man. have a problem
1: we have a problem <laughs> <laughs> Well, cool, man. Thank you so much for spending the time with me. I'm glad that we could catch up. I think we're going to go skate the Vans vert ramp now with old Bordeaux and Team Brazil. Yeah. We might have Team Finland in the house also. Nice. So the Olympics are coming. We got to go fucking. I got to
2: train, dude. Yeah, we got to figure I gotta out. I learn who's... how to stretch. I haven't stretched ever.
1: I did yoga for a month. It was like $20 for as many times as you could go for a month. And then at the end of the month, I was like, I can't afford this. So I stopped. I didn't really learn anything either.
2: Yeah, well, it's there's always there's always time. Yeah. We got time on our on our side. Time is on our side. Well,
1: um who's the fucking band to take us out of here? Can we get some grindline or fucking stitches or uh, who should we do?
2: Let's get big hungry to take us out of here, oh, dude. All right. What, I mean, we've been talking about him enough and we know his deal. Let's let's get some big hungry out and then uh I wonder if we could get a, a grindline big hungry uh, collab dude. That's what we need right Ooh. there. Ooh. If Remy's
1: listening to this, I always wanted the um, Volcom-P-Stone collab. You know, Volcom-Stone, P-Stone. Yeah,
2: we've, I, I'm sure that's been talked about uh, yeah. before. I mean, it makes sense.
1: It's so sick. Yeah, but that'd be sick. Grindline uh, at the Rip Ride, Lincoln City. I think Grindline and Bad Shitter playing, and maybe Big Hungry's playing there, too. Our life up in the Lincoln
2: City. Let's do it. That's gonna be an uh, awesome event. I've, yeah, I definitely uh, want everyone to show up to that one because I know it's gonna be uh, a collective crew of people. Most definitely, and, you know, with red. Oh in yeah. In his town and fireworks.
1: Oh man, I can't wait for the time trials. I heard the fucking route they
2: made is insane. So that's yeah, it's gonna be fun. Um, well, shit. Uh. Well, thanks for having me, Schmidt and uh. We'll see you dudes in Lincoln City. Yeah, big love, Omar. You know that.
0: Yeah. Top of the morning, I don't got no words for you. Nah. Little emotion, I just flip the bird for you. Niggas won't even face me like a poor sportsman. The hungry keep it cooking like a George Foreman. I do my ditty all over the map. These niggas say they on tour. I'm like, where y'all at? My mother got us out the hood. My brother's still in the crisis. But this ain't the fucking time for a history lesson. this right, now. These niggas really got a problem here. See the pain in my face? No cardia. He's like, Ain't pussy acting hard as nails. We in the party screaming, "Oh hell, party yeah!" I told these niggas, yeah. "They was not important." It's time to wake him up, I hear him snoring. This girl that's riding with me is important. But I can't understand it cause she foreign Excuse the interruption, but pardon me, dear. Y'all niggas can get to stepping like Martin was here. Listening for competition, but it's harder to hear. Jesus, take the wheel, Lord, he taught you to steer. Know you heard the Welcome last time, probably thought I was through. Me and Jack back in the booth, that's a party for two. Hey, you know they say that nightlife ain't a Welcome good life. Fuck yeah. it, no more parties for you, that's right. I know you waiting on the hook, right? I know you hating on the hook, right? They wanna see me lose it, I be keeping it mellow Keeping up the family business like I'm Tony Contello If you need a good time, girl, we got it for shoot Got the game from my niggas and they got it from me Shout out to Ricky Henderson, he taught me to steal Sammy taught me to hit, Randy taught me to pitch Barry Bonds taught me never ever snitching friends And P. Rose taught me how to win the game when it's fixed Shout out to all my niggas who be putting me on But I'm aiming at the crown, ain't no games on the throne Knick-knack, patty-whack, no one back to the bone Hold on, I need some pair of drawers, hit the road and i Man, these bitches say they miss me Tryna kiss the to the phone Wanna send me through the ring Go once I hit it, I'm move, gone move, it. So move, she we'll me on yeah. And she feelin' my songs Now I'm feeling like Trey, baby Leave me alone Unless you really tryna get some paper I'm sorry, otherwise I can't date you Believe me, I love it when you really get sleazy But I don't want it if it's that easy Hey, hey, I know you waitin' on the hook, right? I know you hatin' on the hook, right? They wanna see me lose it, I be keeping it mellow. Keeping up the family business like I'm Tony Bentello. If you need a good time, girl, we got it for sheep. Got the game from my niggas and they got it for me. That's That's right.
1: you enjoyed this episode and if you did please subscribe now on anchor itunes or wherever you get your podcasts and if you like this show one of the best ways to show some love is to write up a review i always appreciate to hear your thoughts and detailed reviews are the best way for people to discover us also a big shout out to our executive director cheryl camisa shout out love
0: it